Thanks for joining us on this episode of Books for Babies. Tonight, we're going to be reading Babar and Zephyr. Ze- Babar and Zephyr by Jean de Brunhoff. Yep, well, there's Zephyr's family there. The elephant school at Celesteville is closed for the whole summer. Zephyr, the little monkey, as well as his bigger schoolmates, goes off for the holidays. What fun to go and see his family again. But how sad to leave his friends, King Babar, Queen Celeste, the old lady, his teacher, and his beloved Arthur. All four have promised to come to the river near the bridge to see him off and bid him a last fond farewell. There they are. Zephyr catches the sight of them and waves his handkerchief and calls out, Au revoir! Zephyr arrives at the station of Monkeyville and throws himself into his mother's arms. Gracious, how you've grown, my darling, she says, and she kisses him on both cheeks. Everybody has piled into the family car. Zephyr rides in front next to his father. His mother rides in back with his little sister and his brothers. Let's go. Step on the gas, says Zephyr. They have to use a rope ladder to climb up to the house perched there up in the treetops. Zephyr scrambles up easily but laughs as he says to himself, This wouldn't do at all for my friends, the elephants. The house is small but comfortable. While his mother prepares a good soup of bananas and chocolate, Zephyr plays hide-and-seek with his brothers. His father carries up the baggage, and little sister swings to and fro. Zephyr falls asleep almost as soon as his head touches the pillow. But in the middle of the night, the nightingale wakes him with his song, Tru-la-la, tu-tu-tu, tee-tee-dee. Zephyr gets up gaily and runs to the window. Hello, old chap. The two cronies now have a little chat. Do you know what? There's a big package for you at the station, says the nightingale breathlessly. One label is written from Babar. Maybe it's a piano, answers Zephyr. I won first prize in music, you know. Next morning, Zephyr hurries to the station. What a wonderful surprise. King Bevar has sent him a real rowboat. Zephyr and his father's, with his father's help, rolls it into the water. He's going in for a swim, and then later will fish. The elephants have taught him how. The monkeys admire his courage, for they themselves are afraid of water. Princess Isabel, turning to her father, General Huck, says, Oh, what a daredevil that fellow Zephyr is. They're going to water. Look, he's fishing. What do you see in the water? Fish. Fish. What else do you see? The little mermaids. <laughs> the little mermaids. They're mermaids, but they're not the little mermaid. Look it. Look it. He got a fish. He got one. He got one. What's this I've caught? Zephyr asks himself, greatly surprised. And then the beautiful creature speaks. Oh, Mr. Monkey, she says, don't squeeze me so hard. You're choking me. Listen to me, I pray. I am a tiny little mermaid and live in the sea. 
I have a head and arms just like you, but see, I have a fish's tail. I am accustomed to my life in the ocean waves. If you carry me off into the forest, I'll surely die. Leave me here to swim about with my sisters. My name is Eleanor. Maybe someday you'll have need of me. If so, throw three pebbles into the water and repeat my name three times. No matter where I am, I'll hear you and come to you. I will never forget you. Zephyr listens to the mermaid and then gently frees her from his fish hook. He has just let her go, but he is a little sad at having lost her. On his way home, Zephyr sees some monkeys reading the newspapers in the street, and he hears the newsboy shouting, Extra! Extra! Princess Isabel vanishes! Poor little thing, thinks Zephyr. It can't be true. She was out... Who's this, Mama? That's a fishing net. His Um, fishing pole. She was on the beach this morning when I started out to fish. He listens to the passers-by, and this is what he hears. Isabel was playing in the palace gardens when suddenly she was surrounded by a green cloud which wrapped itself around her, hiding her from her friends. Then the cloud rose, leaving behind a strong odor of rotting apples. The princess hadn't been seen since. General Huck, full of anxiety and despair, calls out his guardsman and gives Colonel Astabald his orders. Aristobald. Colonel Aristobald, his orders. Whoops. General, this brave officer replies, I promise we will do our very best to find your daughter, the princess. By air, by water, from treetops and mountain peaks, even through the underbrush, Aristobald and his soldiers hunt for the princess. In spite of all their efforts, they find no trace of her. General Huck arrives in his car to get the latest news. When questioned, the colonel lowers his head sadly. The general understands what this means and goes away with a heavy heart. Zephyr. Look at fish. Yeah, look at those fish. Zephyr is the only one who doesn't give up hope. Secretly, he puts a gourd and some provisions in his knapsack. He also takes with him his most prized possessions, his violin and his clown costume. Then he starts off toward the sea. Luckily, the beach is deserted. He picks up three pebbles and throws them into the water and calls out three times, Eleanor, my friend, Zephyr awaits you here. Instantly, just as she had promised, the little mermaid appears. Isabel is lost. Can you help me find her? asks Zephyr. That will be difficult, she answers, but for your sake, I'm willing to try. Wait here. I'll go and get my carriage. A few minutes later, Zephyr is happily seated in a gigantic sea-going shell. They are off. The racing fish pull them along speedily. Eleanor guides them toward a wild-looking island and points it out and saying, That's where my Aunt Crestadel lives. Let's visit her grotto. She will give us good advice. My children, says said Crestadel, after listening to them in silence, he who smells of rotting apples, he who carried off Isabel, must be Polymosh. Who is Polymosh? asks Zephyr. He is a monster who lives on his island with his friends, the Gogots. They live on herbs and fruits and are not savage, but they are bored. From time to time, in order to amuse himself, Palamosh goes off for a trip in a little green cloud. If he meets anyone he likes, he carries them off to his cave. 
That's what's happened. That's what has happened to Isabel. He is capricious, impatient, and has a bad habit of turning to stone those who anger him. Little monkey, if you want to save your princess, there's not a moment to lose. Eleanor will drive you there and wait for you. Take this old sack. It will prove useful. And remember, in order to succeed, you'll have to make Palamosh laugh. You'll recognize him by his pointed horns and yellow in his yellow skin leave at once and good luck to you after a good crossing eleanor and zephyr land without being seen by the grogots the country looks bleak they are now silently taking leave of each other zephyr holds his friend's little hand in his own zephyr puts on crustadel's sack and covers it it covers him and his few belongings completely, and he immediately resembles the rocks which are scattered all over the island. He walks cautiously to the top of the hill while working out his plans. See, there he is. His feet are sticking out. When he gets to the top... Does it does look like a crocodile. Does when it he... I'm not sure. When he gets to the top, he hears a gruff voice. Quickly removing the sack, he peeks through the rocks. There is Isabel, right in the midst of the monsters. Oh, it's a monster. But it does look a bit like a crocodile. Little monkey, growls Palamosh. I carried you off because I thought you'd be amusing. And here you do nothing but cry. I've had enough of this. I'm going to change you into a rock. Lord Palamosh, and you, ladies and gentlemen, permit me to salute you, says the brave Zephyr politely, and he suddenly emerges from behind the rocks. I am a clown, musician by profession. Pray allow me to stop here a while to try to entertain you. Isabel, recognizing him, drops her handkerchief and thinks to herself, Ah, he has come just in the nick of time. Pretty soon, thanks to Zephyr, everyone is at ease. A pleasant air of gaiety prevails. He tells them stories, one about the rat with an elephant's trunk, one about the blind huntsman, one about Captain Hopala, Hoplala and the gun made of macaroni, and one about Percival and filigrants. Each time he finishes a tale, Palamoch and the Gogots cry, tell us another, tell us one more. Tired of talking, Zephyr now dons his clown costume. What luck to have brought it with him. Presto, there he is. I'm now going to show you a game. The chase of the magic hat. Having said these words, bang, crash, he falls down, turns several somersaults at top speed, and then, when he catches his hat with his tail, Palamosh bursts out laughing heartily. That's fine, thinks the crafty Zephyr. One more little stunt, and the time will be ripe for my action. My plan was a good one. By tomorrow, we will be far away. Then, picking up his violin, he plays waltzes and polkas, one after the other. Carried away by the music, they all jump and whirl about giddily. At last, tired out, they all roll over in a heap and go to sleep and start to snore peacefully. Zephyr takes off his costume and prepares to escape. The moment has come, he whispers to Isabel, and they dash off to the sea as fast as their legs could carry them. Eleanor is waiting and waves to them. They are saved. Land is in sight. It's a bird. Yeah. On their way back to the top, 
On their way back, they stop to thank Crestedale. Some birds have announced their return, and the news travels fast. Palamosh and the Grogets sleep on, and the Gogots sleep on. The monkeys are coming. The monkeys come running from all direction. Some run down to the beach. Others watch from the cliff. General Huck takes out his spyglass. Zephyr fam- Zephyr's family cries for joy. Zephyr and Isabel are warmly greeted by the enthusiastic crowd who shower them with flowers. They've said goodbye to gentle Eleanor, who has gone back home with her fish. The general congratulates Zephyr in front of the soldiers of his guard and says, My young friend, I, General Huck, President of the Republic of the Monkeys, am proud of you and give you and give you my beloved daughter Isabel. You may marry her later on when you become of age. After this ceremony, when Zephyr goes home, his father and his mother, his sister and his brothers all make a big fuss over him too. They are so happy to see him again that they don't scold him for having gone off without telling them and cause them so much, causing them so much concern. They dance around with him and sing, Long live the betrothed. After starting off with this astonishing adventure, the rest of the holidays pass peacefully and happily. Zephyr goes back to Celesteville. As long as he lives with the elephants, Eleanor and her sisters will watch over Isabel. The end. That was a good one. No, no, no. Did you like that one, Julian? Well, we can read another one. Julian, can you say goodnight? Good night.